Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Peoria voters on February 28 face a mayoral primary between three candidates. Incumbent third-term mayor Jim Artis seeking a historic fourth term, and challengers G. Marie Kennel and Corey Thomas. Marie Kennel joins us today to talk about her platform and some of the key issues facing the city. Hi, Chris. Hi, Marie. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Let's start out by talking a little bit about you and a little bit about your background. Can you tell us uh, who you are and why you're running for mayor? Sure. Thank you. First of all, I want to let you know that I'm a lifelong resident of Peoria, and my parents lived on a farm in Roanoke. I was brought up as a Mennonite. I have two children. Grant is an engineer that works at CGN. And Grace, my daughter, is a law student at Baylor University. I have my family that still lives in Peoria in each one of the five districts. I have spent most of my career in real estate, working as a real estate broker in Peoria and working in the sales and development of housing. I have a broad knowledge of Peoria and I have seen the area decline over the past few years. This leads up to my decision to run for mayor. As I said, I've seen different periods of the development of Peoria, and I also have had my experience uh, as a business broker as well as a real estate broker in Florida. I've become aware that Peoria has suffered a number of problems, which has gained it a national reputation for a number of these problems. I feel that someone needs to stand up and take charge to bring back Peoria to a vitalized and vital city as it was as I knew it. I recently knew of the problems in Peoria involving the crime and the economy and the reputation of Peoria going bad. I feel that City Hall has not serviced the citizens of Peoria and caused a great number to exit to other areas in the community. I intend to bring back to Peoria to its former status as one of the second largest and best cities in the state of Illinois. And I want to straighten out our reputation as being the worst city to live in within a number of areas. And that is the reason I decided to run for office. Um, All right, let's start right off with some of those issues that you referenced. Uh, And you've been critical of the city's response to crime. What would you do differently in order to address the crime in the city? And if, if that involves more police, more programs, how would you pay for them? According to um, Neighborhood Scout, Peoria is safer than only 8% of our cities nationwide. I would like to change that statistic. Um, Peoria has failed to work with businesses and development and to bring back our retail and business to our city. Another serious issue in this case involves the increase in existence of increasing crime. I believe that the citizens can safely say that they are not as safe as they were four or eight years ago. We need to take a look at the crime. My platform includes an increase in community activities to integrate blacks, integrate minorities. Plus, I believe City Hall and the current mayor has failed to come down to the level of the citizens and work with these problems. On the other hand, in some instances, 
I believe that we need to get tougher on the crime when it becomes apparent that people are coming into our city bringing criminals and criminal activity to us. Again, I believe that working with community and community committees is one aspect of these problems. Um, is there a second part well, to your question, now, how, how do you how do you get tougher on crime, and, and what specific things would you do to tackle the problem? Definitely. Um, I think um, a br a brighter street lamps is um, basically uh, more green space. Um, also, I would have more neighborhood community watches. I would work with... Uh, with neighborhood watches, with uh, associations to keep their neighborhoods safe. Uh, it takes a community effort um, to um, be tough on crime. Um, and I I would be um, part of that picture, of course. Now, the city has done some of that already in the neighborhoods by establishing the resident officer program and expanding that. We now have four resident officers in, in the city. Is that a good program? Is that working? I think any, um, any program that um, brings us closer to a safer city is a good program. I would definitely work with the programs that the city currently has, but my focus would be more on community support because it'll take a community um, working together, living together, building dreams together to accomplish these broad goal, uh, goals of, of re obviously removing crime um, from our, 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 our streets and making our city safe, safer for our future children to live in. Okay, we, we talked a little during the pre-interview about whether or not more police are needed and you had expressed some budgetary concerns there. Well, that would be something that committees would look have to look into, and of course, uh, you know, um, again, I would stress mostly on community efforts um, to um, be be tough on crime. All right. As far as the economic aspect mm -hmm. to the city, um, I want to tackle this from a couple of different angles. First of all. You've been, been very critical, too, of, of closed-door policies, of secret negotiations, uh, of special treatment for developers, you've said, uh, that, that plays into that, referencing, uh, in part, the Marriott deal, referencing, in part, the, the Riverfront Apartments downtown. Um, talk about what you would do differently there and, and how it's possible to open up those lines of communication earlier on those deals. I see. Thank you for asking. Uh, first of all, our city has suffered, you're right, from closed-door policies at City Hall. And of course, I intend to end that. I intend to bring the city back to the people so we can be have a working relationship with the citizens of Peoria and City Hall. For example, I believe there has been much too closed-door policies and private secret dealings between secret individuals and private developers in City Hall. I intend to end that type of policy. I feel that everyone in Peoria should have a say-so and should have the right to equal treatment. Uh, for example, I would bring your attention to a number of things that has gone wrong, in my opinion. You'll note the city is financially involved with taxpayers' dollars on a number of activities, which is costing and is going to cost taxpayers for Peoria more money. The Club Foods, of course, um, we're obligated to pay off that loan up until 2020. Um, now, we're concerned about Marriott Hotel and the $7 million loan that we have, um, that we loaned to Matthews, along with the $33 million bond, um, that the taxpayers 
I'm wondering, um, are, is the city worried? Um, also, I, I realize that, um, is the city worried at this point? Mm -hmm. You know. Well, so how, how does the city prevent any more of those concerns in the future? Does that mean the city should stop giving these incentives to, to people who want to develop here? Does that mean they need to open the conversation sooner with people? Uh, that is, uh, bring these things out to the public before, you know, sooner before the votes? What, what's your recipe for that? Yes. My recipe, of course, is um, break up the city hall and stop the bad decisions, number one. Um, because, you know, people get comfortable in their chair and they work with certain interests and certain groups that that make them um, that makes their position successful and, and make them makes them popular in the community. Um, you need to break you need to break up the cronyism first and you need to look at the broad picture and bring in um, more individuals and support throughout the community um, and then also work more with the citizens um, whereas um, they they obviously have an input to um, basically determine how the, the city should be run. Okay. Uh, also on, on the economy and the issues there, you've talked about a program on the East Bluff that you'd like to see either expanded or replicated elsewhere to help citizens who either don't have jobs or don't have training get the training and get the jobs that they don't have. I sure do. I intend to support um, these jobs and such activities um, that I have as the new Millennium Institute which is trying very hard with no support from the city to educate and put minorities to work. I intend to hit the streets and work with our businesses to find employment for these minorities and to integrate, integrate them into our community. The city has simply failed to recognize the problem and failed to take any action in that regard. Uh, this, by the way, is simply a reflection of the characteristic of City Hall, which works on a closed-door policy and is reflect, it is reflected not only in the mayor's office, but the city council. I find that um, a lot of individuals, um, they, they like to work, you know? They like to work at places like Goodwill. They're wonderful people, they, they're wonderful minorities, and they are happy to be working. And even though they may start at the bottom, they are working their way up, and they need to be encouraged, and they need to be supported by our city. Uh, we need to all, do all that we can to congratulate these workers and to lend them a hand. This has not been done by our current city. Okay. We've also seen um, some of the larger corporations in town, larger businesses have expressed concern over the need to have employees who have the job training and have the skills, have the education in order to compete for those higher level head of household positions that we also want to, to develop in Peoria to raise the economy overall. As mayor, as a city council, there's no control over the education component directly. That is, City Hall doesn't control the schools, whether that's Peoria Public Schools, whether that's Limestone, whether that's Dunlap. Peoria has, has no direct influence as City Hall over those things. What indirect influence could you bring as mayor or, or would you work on bringing as mayor to those things? The, the current mayor has his... Uh, the scholarship program, the not-for-profit that, that he founded and, and still works with 
to help encourage local students to stay going to ICC and to get skills there and to remain in the community. What sorts of things would you focus on? That. Plus, um, while this is probably one of my major goals and platforms, is to bring vitality back to our city. Um, without jobs, without um, low crime, um, without an economy, people leave to neighboring cities. Again, working with these job corps and working with in employers will bring the city to life. I have known, for example, in, well, as I mentioned about the individuals who actually want to work, what I would do is I would take, um, if I would have to uh, deal, work, well, not deal with, but to work with every business um, out there and help them in, in through a hiring process um, to grow our, you know, to grow our city. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you also mentioned a little earlier here uh, the 24-7 Wall Street online uh, data compilation. And while that data looks at a disparity across a five-county region, not just the city of Peoria, and it blended together local data and state data, the incarceration data, for example, is state. It's not localized to Peoria. It's unquestionable that there are still issues of inequality of economic disparity in the city, particularly in the older areas of the city, the East Bluff, South Peoria, even into Central Peoria. So given that, what does Peoria have to do to address the issue of racial and economic inequality? And what role does city government have in that versus private companies, not-for-profits, everybody else? Well, unfortunately, this city has developed the worst reputation for minorities to live and work, um, not only in Illinois, um, but it has a nationally made a bad reputation for itself. Uh, this, again, is, is, this is a fine and perfect example of the city giving favoritism to certain groups and shutting out others. The city has failed to address the problems of the blacks and the employment opportunity and the failure to have foreseen these problems by shutting out any efforts to bring the minorities together. Again, I intend to support these jobs and in such activities as the new Millennium Institute, um, which is trying to um, put people, um, which is trying very hard with the, no support from the city to educate and put minorities to work. Um, I intend on hitting the streets and to work with our businesses to find employment for these minorities and to integrate them into our community. Uh, the city has simply failed to recognize the problems and failed to take any action in that regard. This, by the way, is simply a reflection of the characteristic of City Hall, which works on a closed-door policy and is reflected not only in the mayor's office, but City Hall. Uh, if, according to the 24-7wallstreet.com website, uh, last year we were number six, and we pulled up to this year to be number one. Mm -hmm. Now, they, they, of course, haven't ever released anything detailed about their methodology on how they true figure enough. those rankings. Mm -hmm. That's true enough. However, again, it goes show that um, being a reactive member of the city council or the mayor is not the way to approach to leading a fine city. To making a city grow, it's not about reaction. It's about being proactive and, and, and working with um, our citizens and 
creating uh, programs and working with our current system and working with our current current, current programs, but building upon those that have worked. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you mentioned a little earlier to green space as an issue that's that's important to you. Um, one particular area where people are talking about that now is not just the riverfront park space, which you've had some concerns over, but also the the platform downtown that's coming down. What what do you think ought to be done with that space? Well, um, I agree with you, Chris. I I believe that um, definitely um, public parkland is a um, big part of my platform. I support the advancements of more parks and green space in Peoria. I further believe that a riverfront expansion should be considered. And some of the areas in the North Bluff and North area should be expanded through the Taft Homes area possibly. And expansion of some of the northern properties north of Peoria to make Peoria similar to Chicago, where they have a modelist Grant Grant Park wraparound. Um, I think that we should, um, a big part of our Economy um, in the past, as a as a great city in Peoria, was using our, our riverfront, and I want to um, focus on um, working with that um, major draw um, to to us as a unique economy, in that we do have this river uh, that that is totally um, as as seems to have not. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That that's all right. Um, one other major issue, and and I want to talk about some more of your your platform topics in a moment. But one other major issue that we know that the city has to deal with is the combined sewer overflow problem. Uh, are you on board with the green solution there that that's been proposed? And how should the city work to to pay for that project? And should everyone in the city be involved in, in paying for it, even though it really only affects the older neighborhoods? I, I, why should I, who lives in the 4th District in, in new growth, new development, be paying for an existing problem in, in a part of the city where I don't live? Sell me on that. Uh, I can sell anything. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. I support a green solution to address combined sewer overflow. And yes, we need to use local contractors and even volunteers to ensure that green jobs actually do go to our city residents. Um, I think um, on top of all that would be our trash and recycling um, as as part of a community effort to grow our city and to grow our minority hiring. Um, we could create uh, trash and recycling very similar to what they do in the city of Springfield. Are you, f- are you familiar with mm-hmm. that? It's been very uh, successful, and they do bring in their items to these recycling centers. These centers should be designated indefinitely. This is a great opportunity for more hiring in our city. Um, and, and for those of those people listening not familiar, that includes uh, recycling drops, uh, recycling cans placed in the city next to garbage cans all throughout the downtown area. Exactly. I have promoted uh, more garbage cans because I am a downtown resident, um, and it just falls on deaf ears. <laughs> I just, I just think you know, someone is if they do not see a garbage can, they're gonna they're just gonna discard it onto the ground, mm-hmm. and. Um, Regardless, mm-hmm. so. 
Okay, and and one of the other opportunities there in, in tying it in, and I want to ask you whether you would mandate higher levels of participation in this, of course, as I've said, the CSO problem affects the older neighborhoods, which have higher minority populations. Do you believe the city should have higher mandates for minority hiring, minority contractors participating in the green solution in in those areas, in those neighborhoods? I definitely think so. Um, the black American community and other minorities make up at least, what, 27% of our population. Um, and they definitely are, um, basically, they, they need to, um, they actually need to have at least that percentage of our jobs uh, within our city. Th throughout all city hiring or, or just for throughout this particular all, program? Definitely throughout all city hiring. Uh, so so you'd, you'd prefer to mandate uh, 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 participation of, of that, that many amount. Mi minority contractors? Or okay. Oh, definitely. It just makes sense. You know, why? Because otherwise they will, um, you know, otherwise, well, of course, that's one of the reasons why the bad reputation, because programs have not been followed to integrate uh, minorities into our society, mm -hmm. you know. How, how much of that can be city mandated versus has to happen through private business? Well, that's one of the reasons why a big part of my platform is working with private business um, to help grow, um, working with the Better Business Bureau, working with um, great other programs in our city to bring more business and development and attract, um, you know, to attract um, nationally, national attention um, into our city to help grow. Um, our you know economy and and uh, and base tax base. Mm -hmm. City faces a big question coming up in October November of 2018 with the the question over whether or not to pursue exploring a buyout of Illinois American Water and the water company here. Uh, it's a once every five years decision. Uh, the city has gone down that route once before in recent history and and pulled the plug later on it. Is this a question that, that the city should explore and should take the first step on? Yes, definitely. Um, I would increase the green... Well, I would also um, have um, push and support the option of a buyout of, of the Peoria Water Company. My information reveals that the Peoria Water Company is a profit-making organization Peoria Water Company pays income taxes, which the city would not have to do. Peoria Water Company does charitable events and, for example, gives money to the mayor's scholarship program of 100k per year. Let's put this money into the city revenues and let's support the other areas that we have, which includes street repairs, park development, and money towards pensions. Here is the opportunity to bring in possibly, possibly one million to two a year in the city coffers which in the last eight years or more has refused to explore. There is nothing wrong with making an offer on the city water company, which we all know then allows us to investigate their finances and to see if it works for us as taxpayers. We don't have to proceed if it doesn't look favorable. At least let's put it into a committee and let's study it instead of burying it. There is something involved in this city's relationship here that just doesn't seem right. Do you have any any keys for what would make it 
viable as a purchase versus not, uh, whether it's monetary amounts, whether it's it's the ability to cover the cost of the additional borrowing that would be needed to do it. You know, the the estimates for for the cost have, have ranged from 100 million to 300 million dollars for for buying the water company, depending on a whole host of things. So, it, what what would make it a yes for you? Not not to pursue it, it sounds like you're firm on that, but what would make it a yes when you get the data back? Well, reviewing the data um, and um, looking at the franchise agreement and having an, you know um, committees to, to look at it and then determine based on the findings that what works beneficial to the taxpayer mm-hmm. is um, I would have to see all that data. You know, I do not have all that data. I did meet with the fine committee on it and they did... Um, pro committee and they did tell me the advantages of working with the water company mm-hmm. um, or making it into a private uh, or public water company private sorry <laughs> sorry publicly yeah owned. exactly mm-hmm. thank you so. all right and, and have you met with Illinois American to, to hear the the counter story? I did hear mm-hmm. um, I have not met with them per se um, but I did meet with a lot of um, pro um, pro company water com- water company, and I think he was most that that particular citizen was mostly concerned about um, who who would pay me, isn't it more? And I'm like, well, basically, what would happen is the check the check would be from the city versus from the water company, so it's not going to make that much difference mm-hmm. that way. So. Um, all right. Let me let me ask you this as, as we kind of wind down the interview a little bit. Um, how do you arrive at your decisions? That is, sometimes you've got information as a member of the council that members of the general public either don't have or haven't heard. You've looked through all of the documents in a little more detail than the casual citizen. But sometimes members of the public feel very strongly about certain topics and you feel differently, either from your information or because of your values. What weight do you give to the voice of the people versus your own opinions that you arrive at before you vote because you're you're one of 11 people on the council Mm -hmm. yes i would um, promote positive relationships with the community um, and i would use their feedback upon my um my my decisions Um, and i would also model good 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 governance which um, which is, um, you know, do not, you know, don't do do not so much by what I say, but what I, how I treat others. Um, I would take um, every um, council meeting, and I would um, weigh weigh the issues um, from the um, more from the citizens' perspective uh, rather than my own, you know, my own private interests. Again, remember, I I would be coming new into the office, so I don't really have any past uh, bad relationships or bad decisions um, that I need to actually cover up. You know, I'm starting new, bringing new ideas, um, bringing in a new leadership style, bringing in a uh, more of a broad focus um, that outlines um, a more of a decisive plan to bring in all of our citizens to work toward a common good in our city of of living in a safe um, place and growing our um, growing our jobs and you know growing our livelihoods. Mm. 
I, I want to ask you one more issue question here, too, in a, a separate questionnaire, the PIAVotes.com questionnaire. Uh, you talk about wanting to roll back high regulation and taxes. What taxes would you cut and what spending would you cut to match that? Basically, the revenue, uh, rolling back some of the tax, uh, basically I'm talking about assessed values. Mm-hmm. I would so roll property back, taxes. Of course. I would roll back a lot of that. Um, I think that a lot of our land, I think we're, uh, we're being over, I think our properties are over assessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but the city raised property taxes a year and change back at the end of 2015 for the purpose of doing road repairs, which is another priority of yours. So would, would you stop doing those enhanced road repairs or would you take the money for, for that out of the budget somewhere else? Okay, yeah, the budget, I should have brought my budget papers because I didn't know I was going to have a budget question. <laughs> um, basically, we have a huge, you know, we have a huge budget. I would look at the contracting services. Right now, they're 10.5 percent, uh, percent, percent of, of our budget. budget. Okay. And I think that's overly high. Um, I'm not sure how many, um, you know, and again, we, I mean, we're spending, I think part of the budget includes another two million dollars through new fire trucks um, because of our roads destroys Mm -hmm. our fire trucks (laughs) kind of a circle (laughs) Um, well you know we have to be again it's Mm -hmm. about being proactive not reactive Mm -hmm. and every issue we we talked about here crime economy um, you know and now with our um, our budget um, I'm just saying, it's all about being more proactive mm-hmm. and making a city successful for each one of our citizens, uh, rather than being reactive and, you know, solving problems as in a reactive mm-hmm. basis. I think there is some of that to be done, but um, in general, we must be a, more of a proactive, we must have a more of a proactive managerial style at City Hall. Okay, and on the regulation end of what you raised, Definitely that you would change there. You're, you're, you're someone who's familiar with development. What what regulations are, are overburdening be, businesses? I'm glad you asked that because that is the main part of my platform um, is to um, draw attention to our great city. Um, right now, we have a very... Um, our developers, um, the people are... The developers and businesses that I've talked to, um, they need to have a friendly city to do business. Right now, um, we have a reputation of being uncooperative, and that is very well known among the developers. Of course, with their bad example of working with bad developers in the past, it makes people, again, that's a twofold problem. You, you, You work with developers, but they're bad developers, okay? And it's like, where does it stop? So, so, so this is more more a, a personnel and attitude at City Hall question, or, or are there specific regulations? I think it's bad decisions. Mm-hmm. The past um, administration for the past uh, 15 years has got us the way we are today. It doesn't happen overnight, you know, um, and it's not going to actually get us out overnight. The only thing that's going to help us right at this stage is to hire a new mayor and hire all new staff at City Hall, you know, not all staff, but all city council members, mm-hmm. just to be, because you need new ideas. Uh, that's one again, that, that goes on to my um, term limits, which, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I, you, you, you had mentioned before, you, you want term limits imposed on, on the mayor. I do. Um, 80% of Illinois voters want term limits, according to a poll 
of 865 likely Illinois voters released October 2016 by Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at Southern Illinois. I will make sure that this is on the ballot and it stays on the ballot. Um, new people bring in new ideas. Um, just because we have um, a cushy job there um, doesn't give us a right uh, to take advantage of that. Um, our bad reputation, um, that bad reputation includes secret illegal deals going on at City Hall, including Twittergate, um, which attacks citizens and illegal searches and warrants. Because of a cushy position, our egos sometimes get crazy. And we feel that we can take advantage of that position and take advantage of our citizens, but that is not the way a public servant should be. Um, that's why I promote term limits, uh, because that gives us fresh ideas, it gives us new, uh, new focus, it gives us a vitality, it gives us new direction, new leadership, new energy, and it brings a new vi uh, vitality within our city um, of, and our citizens that is important. Okay. Voters have a choice to make on the February 28 primary. Early voting is underway now and will be through that primary. Or you can vote from 6 a.m. through 7 p.m. on February 28th at your local polling place. New polling cards have just gone out. Why should voters pick you rather than either of the other two candidates to move on to the general election? Well, I think that... Um I'm most obviously very proud of my endorsement from the United Steelworkers, Local 960. Quote, I believe that Ms. Kennel will bring Peoria changes to better serve the needs of everyday citizens. She has the ability and inclination to represent the interests of our members and those working class and poor residents, quote unquote, according to President Mark York. So I feel that I can, because I'm new, because I'm I have fresh insights, I have fresh vision, I have, um, I, have a, I have energy that would be lacking and possibly, um, well, I'm sorry, sorry for the rambling, now and then I get carried away. But, um, but anyway, I appreciate your vote um, coming February 28th and thank you so much for this interview. I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. And Thanks, as Chris. always, we urge all citizens to get out and vote for the candidate of their choice. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.